inside. And, and one approach, of course, would be to open it up and have a look. Um, another approach would be to weigh it and see if I'm indeed getting a kilogram. Now, that might have just, just shortchanged me a little. And did you know that it just, until just a few years ago, if you wanted to be absolutely sure what a kilogram was, you needed to travel to Paris, ultimately, to a particular place where they kept a lump of metal very carefully in controlled conditions, and that was the kilogram. And I think in, in 2019, they changed it into some sort of physics uh, equation uh, where you didn't need to go to Paris anymore. Uh, so <laughs> there it was. Um, so to be sure about the value of a thing, in this case it's weight, uh, you need to make a comparison and you need some information from outside. And my talk this morning is about value, about the true value of a person, and about how to assess the value of a gift. And in this morning's uh, reading, uh, Mark puts two stories uh, involving Jesus, one after another. And they both have something important to say about value. Uh, from verses uh, 38 to 40, we have an account of the antics of some scribes who were teachers of the law. Uh, I think the message puts it rather nicely. It, it says, watch out for the religious scholars. They love to walk around in academic gowns, preening in the radiance of public flattery, basking in prominent positions, sitting at the head table at every church function. On the face of it, they look like the most significant people around. Important, high-status, high-value people, dressed up in clothes that weren't really practical for proper work. But Jesus says, don't be taken in. Peel back the wrapper, if you like, and you're in for a bit of a disappointment. Compare with the standard that I set before you. Inside some of these scribes is a heart which leads them to devour widows' houses, as we heard. In other words, they exploited the weak and the helpless. So it makes us as readers start to ask ourselves, are we revering the wrong people? Is Jesus offering us a value system which is different from the one most people use? I guess you're a bit like us in that sometimes you just like to sit and watch the world go by. It can be quite relaxing, quite sort of mindful, can't it? Uh, and sometimes something happens, something goes past, and it gives you pause for a thought. And I must say, um, as far as Helen and I are concerned, the best place in the world to watch the world go by is in the old city of Jerusalem. And some years ago, uh, I think some of you may have been with us on that trip from All Saints. We went to Israel for a little trip round, uh, and uh, we were in the old city. And Helen and I remember distinctly sitting at a, at a cafe in the evening, watching the world go by. And past went a Greek Orthodox priest with his headgear and everything, and then there was an Armenian priest. And then there was a sort of friar tuck figure in all his regalia. And finally, a Catholic nurse, all in quick succession. And we thought to ourselves, in any other part of the world, they would be on their way to a fancy dress party. But not in Jerusalem. Not in Jerusalem. And Jesus, in this little story, of course, is in Jerusalem as well. Uh, and I'm going to focus on the, on the second part of our reading from verse 
41 onwards. The way the story of the widow was told is quite short, quite abrupt. And I suspect if we were going to try and fill out some of the details and slow things down a bit, the story could go something like this. Jesus was sitting with some of his disciples, watching the world go by. They were just outside the temple, and were watching all kinds of people go about their business. And as they look at the scene, Jesus says to the others, tell me what you see. He's he's trying to teach them something. And the disciples look at the scene unfolding, and some are immediately struck by the rich people giving their gifts in the temple. Have you seen the size of that guy's bundle of cash? They might be muttering to themselves. They're giving away more than we could earn in a year, some of them might say. And then Jesus might be saying to them, well, hang on a minute, look closer. What else can you see? And they might be wondering what he's on about. And then he might need to give them some gentle direction. So Jesus says something along the lines of, have you noticed that poor widow? Now, widows in those days and throughout the Old Testament were regarded as among the most needy and vulnerable in society. They were in a position where having lost their husband, they'd lost their provider and protector very often. The expectation was that any good Jew would look out for them. And part of the reason Jesus condemns the ostentatious scribes in the earlier part of our reading is that they devour widows' houses. And all through the Old Testament, God is repeatedly presented as someone who is on the side of the widows and the other vulnerable people like them. In Deuteronomy 10.18, it says, He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. Again, in Proverbs 15.25, it says, The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he sets the widow's boundary stones in place. In Psalm 68.5, it says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. Now, these are the kind of passages that this devout widow in our story would probably have known about. This was the Lord that she put her trust in. So she may have been perfectly well aware of the well-dressed show-off givers at her side, but have been thinking the Lord tears down the house of the pride, but he sets the widow's boundary stones in place. Maybe she was thinking that. So Jesus points out the widow and says to his disciples, never mind the rich givers. Have a think about what's going on here with this poor widow. And the first thing perhaps to note is that she wanted to give it all, that she was there at all. Perhaps she stood out from the crowd a little bit, shabbily dressed, poor footwear, not turned out well like the guys in the academic robes. But she was there, and she was there because she wanted to give. She wanted to commit to the cause, to put her money where her mouth was, to worship the Lord who had been committed himself to her and shown himself to be her protector. 
got two pennies here, and, and I'm willing to give them away. Um, no strings attached. I, I just wonder if there are any takers. No. no. I mean, I think even small children these days are not uh, over-impressed with two pence. It doesn't get you very far in life, does it? Uh, not like the old days. And I suspect there are some present here who can still remember the days when, I'm looking at you, Helen, I don't know why, where, where, <laughs> where, where two pence, you could go to a sweet shop with two pennies and come away with some sweets. Is, is that right? Before your time. Yeah, I should I think so. Um, so, um, yeah. But Jesus declares that this gift of this size that the widow gave, uh, he evaluates it. And as always, his evaluation, his judgment, counts for everything. In verse 43, he says, the poor widow has put in more than all these who are contributing to the treasury. The poor widow has put in more than all these who are contributing to the treasury. You might think, well, so how does Jesus come to that conclusion? Well, he looks past the superficial. He looks beyond the number of coins, past the shabby clothes, not impressed and distracted by the show-offs, and sees the state of the widow's heart. Because the manner of her giving has revealed the state of her heart. And he says to his disciples, have you noticed this? For this is the crux of the teaching I want you to take away from this significant event. If your heart is right before God, then sometimes you will observe giving with these remarkable characteristics. And what are these remarkable characteristics? Well, firstly, the gift was sacrificial. She could have kept one coin back. And that would have been perfectly understandable under the circumstances. But on this occasion, she felt compelled to give away the whole lot, leaving herself with precisely nothing. In some people's estimation, that would have been nothing short of reckless behavior, irresponsible, getting carried away. But sometimes that is the right way to behave if God is involved And maybe it foreshadows the gift that Jesus himself was later to give. He emptied himself of all but love and died for Adam's helpless race, as the hymn said. And he seeks us out still in seemingly reckless fashion. He told the story of the lost sheep where one is lost and 99 are left to fend for themselves for a while until he has recovered the one lost sheep reckless and sacrificial behavior, but out of a heart of love and in the context of a sovereign father. Jesus says, look at the widow, but he also presents us with two ends of a spectrum. At one end, the comfortable givers. For them, it is routine and easy, no discomfort involved. In fact, as they ostentatiously give large amounts. There's a certain kudos, some public acknowledgement by onlookers that these guys are rich. In fact, it is their distinguishing feature. For them, the gift is almost irrelevant, inconsequential. 
But at the other end of the spectrum, we see a poor widow. For her, this takes a bit of thinking about. This is uncomfortable. For her, there is no acclaim from onlookers, perhaps rather disapproval because she doesn't look the part. And yet the one who judges people's hearts declares hers is the more valuable gift. But notice this, that he doesn't, in so many words, condemn the giving of the rich. The condition of the heart varies between givers and within any one giver from time to time. The wealthy with hearts and motives that are sometimes questionable are at the other end of the spectrum from the poor widow with giving that is both sacrificial and reckless. And these two concepts, sacrificial and reckless, they don't sit easy with us. But as you go about your work for God, perhaps feeling tired sometimes, perhaps lacking enthusiasm, realizing that what you do goes largely unnoticed, perhaps feeling the disapproval and discomfort from others in your family who think you're doing too much over the top in giving both of your time and of your resources. Hear this, you are very probably at the right end of the spectrum. So who are the people to look up to as far as Jesus is concerned? They are people with hearts like the widow. So as we consider today and in the coming weeks the giving of ourselves and our resources to God, can I challenge you to examine the state of your heart? And as you do, maybe you will become aware of a prompting to do something which will risk friendships, popularity, status in the community. Maybe you will feel that now is the time to give a lot of yourself to exhaust yourself for God by committing to serve in a particular way for a particular time. Maybe you will feel that generosity is still possible, even at a time like this, 